So these are some reasons we said why we should come to church. I'm I'm gonna help you put it into three things. Make sure you write these three things down. Again, this is part of the purpose of coming to church. Because if you want to be like Christ, uh, uh, you need to go to his house, okay? So there's three things that happen at his house if you want to be like Christ. Now, if you don't want to be like Christ, you ain't got to come to church. You can come on holidays. You can come every now and then. You can come on Christmas, because that's what the community is doing, and it makes you feel better about yourself, okay? You can come on the New Year, so you can lie to yourself about new things you're going to do with him, but you ain't going to do. <laughs> I, I get it. Those are responses of people that ain't trying to be Christ-like. Uh, are you here? But if you're trying to be Christ-like, the way you become Christ-like is by going to church. Amen. Are you here? And and if you limit the time that you're going, what you're saying is, it's not important to me this week to be like him. Wow. Wow. I'm okay with what I've got the week before, two weeks before, and if I slip up, I'm all right. I don't want to, I'm not, listen, I I only want to be Christ-like when I need something. And if that's okay, that's cool. Just be honest with it. But if you want to come to church, here are the three reasons why you should come to church. The first one is for salvation. There is no other place but the church where you can come to give your heart to Christ and be saved. You cannot walk into McDonald's and say, I want to give my heart to Christ. Y'all got quiet. Because that ain't what they do. You can't walk into Pop. Well, you don't want to walk into Popeyes right about now. Right. <laughs> Get your chicken sandwich somewhere else. <laughs> are, are you here? But that's why you, it's not, you can, you can get saved at home, you can get saved with other people, that's cool. But the primary place where people come to get saved is at church. How many of you got saved at church? You gave your heart to Christ at church. That's about a good half of y'all. Gave your heart to Christ at church. So you got the first one down. If you already say you got it good. It's also the place, elder that same thing, where you come to rededicate when you start tripping. <laughs> y'all, y'all too quiet here to me. Y'all just too deep. Nobody has ever backslidden before. Nobody ever started tripping. Nobody ever said, God, you take too long, I'm gonna do it myself. And you realize that was crazy and you come back? Come on. So it's the place where you get saved once and over and over again. Oh so if you got saved and you couldn't save, and you got saved again and you couldn't save, then you can mark that off your list. Amen. So why you come to church? Because after you get saved, the second reason you come to church, y'all stay with me, is for instruction on how to be Christ-like. Because you can't get that instruction nowhere else. You can't go to your job to get instruction on how to be Christ-like. Are y'all here? Remember, you said you want to be Uh Christ-like. I want to live like him. I want to walk like him. I want to talk like him. Where the place where you get instructions on how to do that is the church. Because you don't just naturally know how to do that. You got to come someplace that will help you to unlearn what you've learned so you can learn truth. Amen. And that's done at the church. Are y'all still with me? And the last thing you need the church for is for community. 
It's a place where you come and you connect with family, other people that have, have been purchased by the same blood you've been purchased with, yes. other people that have been engrafted into the line of Christ, other people that have the same testimony of you as you, yes. your new family. Your community. This is where you come for that, and it's the place that when you come for that, you bring other people with you to introduce them to it. These are the three reasons why we come to church. We don't come to church so we can perfect our singing ability so people can say, whoo, she can really sing. Oh, whoo, he really good. That's not why we come. We come to get saved or rededicated. We come to learn what it is to be like him, and we come for the community. So when you come to church and you leave real quick, you're missing one third of what the church is for. Right. Y'all got quiet in here. Don't throw nothing at me. <laughs> the church is purposeful and specific. The church is purposeful and specific. We come to the church again to get instructions on to be like him. Yeah. All good things. Let's, let's go to the word so we can see from the word a very clear picture on why Jesus came. Are y'all still with me? Amen. Okay. So the first scripture I want to take you to is Mark 10 and 45. It's on the screen. It says, for the Son of Man did not come. So we're going to tell you why he came by, by telling you why he didn't come. Mm -hmm. It says, he did not come to be served, but he came to what? To serve. to serve. So the first thing Jesus came to do is to serve. Why is this important? Because you can't be like him if you don't know why he came. Amen. Amen. So the first thing he came to do is to what? Holler back at me. Serve. To serve. Write that down. Put it in your phone. Text it to yourself. Put it on Facebook. Pastor Jason preached really good. Here go the first point. He came to serve. Let's keep reading. But to serve and to give his life a ransom for me. So the second thing he came to do was to give his life. So if we're going to be like Christ, the first thing that we have to do is to learn how to serve. So we come to church not to be served, but we come to church to serve. And if you're not serving, you're missing one third of the reflection of Christ you're supposed to have to serve. Second thing is to give of his life. You have to be willing to give of yourself. If you are selfish, you're not reflecting Christ. Christ is selfless. He was giving of his life. He didn't mind being inconvenienced. Are y'all here today? He didn't mind if something took something out of his schedule that he didn't plan for. He didn't mind if things took a little bit longer than what he had intended. Because he was selfless. Are y'all with me? Amen. He was selfless. The first thing, he came to serve. The second thing, he was selfless. It wasn't about him. Right. It wasn't about himself. 
So much so he was willing to die for what it was for, and what it was for wasn't him. He didn't come with the crown on and with the cape on for people to bow down to him, for them to serve him. When they would do that, he would say, no, stand back up. Let me bow down to you and wash your feet, because I'm here to serve and not be served. Here's the third thing he came to do. Third thing he came to do is found in Luke 19 and 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save what? That which was lost. Which means at one point it wasn't lost. And somewhere along the way, it got lost. Right. So he said, I have come to find those that were with God when they left heaven. And when they got to this sin, sick condition, they got lost. So my father sent me to find those that are lost. He didn't send me to perfect church. Mm. Y'all got quiet. He didn't send me so you could have a great service. Man. <laughs> Y'all quiet in here. He didn't send me so you can get goose pimples and feel bad about yourself because your soul was saying today. Mm. He came for three reasons and three reasons only. We attribute a lot of other things to him, but that's not why he came. He came for three reasons only. To serve to give his life, which means to be selfless. Y'all still with me? And to seek and save the lost. Why is this important? Because this was his purpose for coming. If this was Christ's purpose for coming, then if we are going to be like him, we need to know why he came because we are here to continue why he came. Are you here? And many times we get caught up in a bunch of stuff that's not important to the mission. We fight over things that don't matter. We, 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 We create strategies and implement things that have nothing to do with why he came came to serve. And many times some of us, we 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 get one of those or maybe two of those, but 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 very often we are not found in the place where we are pursuing all three of those. And if you look at all three of those, the thing that is the common theme between all three of them is one thing and that is this. He came for people. Are you here? He came for people. He was concerned about people. If you're going to be a Christian, you got to be concerned about people. Something has to happen to your heart when you see injustices to people. Something has to go on the inside when you walk past somebody and you see the condition of their sin and you know that they are in the need of a Savior and that you are the embodiment of the message of salvation. 
salvation that can help them. Something has to go off on the inside of you is that I am here for the purpose to be inconvenienced, to be not at the forefront, to have my plans not go like how I want them to go because I am not here for me. He saved me, but he left me not to advance my message, not to advance my ideology, not to advance my thoughts, but to advance the mission of Jesus Christ and his mission is people. If people are not at the center of what you're doing, God will not breathe on you. If people are not the focus as to why you're doing what you're doing, then God cannot put his anointing on it because he is concerned about people, not buildings, not church services. Are y'all in here today? Not more programs, not more things to satisfy those that are already found. He's concerned about people. His anointing, his provision, his heart is poured out on people that are after other people. Are y'all in here today? And if it's always about you, it's a problem. And that's why you need to keep coming to church because you come here to learn about him that helps you to understand that your life cannot be all about you. Are y'all still here? He came for this purpose. This is his purpose. His purpose is to serve, to give his life, and to seek and save the lost. We know what his purpose is. Now, let's get to the point of this message. Let's get to the method that he used to make sure that these three things happened. Are y'all still with me? Is there anybody interested in knowing what method did Jesus use to make sure he was able to accomplish these three things? If you notice on there, none of them said build a church. None of them said have the coldest choir and praise and worship team around. Come on now. Are y'all here? I'm not against it, but that's not what that's that's not why he came. So it could be Jesus and the Jesus's ex. He came to serve, to give his life, and to seek and save the ones that are lost. So what was his method? Because that's what I want to know. I'm tired of church. Y'all got quiet. I'm just, I'm just telling you transparently why I am. I'm tired of the mundaneness of Sunday after Sunday after Sunday repeating the same things and people are not being changed. I'm not talking here uh, 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 in our literal location, but I'm talking about across the world. I am tired with our advancements and our only concerns is how to get a bigger building, how to outshine our brother or sister, how to put the attention on us as pastors and leaders. I'm tired of going to pastoral meetings when it's nothing about it's nothing about people, but it's all about strategies. And, and, and I, again, I'm not against them, but I'm against them if it ain't revolved around people. You're talking about money, but you ain't talking about people. 
y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I, I'm in meetings. I, I'm not in places. And I'm telling you, I, it sickens me to my stomach now. I can't take it anymore because we are the same people that we will drive past people that are sick and hurting and not be moved. We will see injustices on TV and just click to the next channel to find our program and there will not be something in our spirit that calls us to at least pray for the afflicted. Pray for those that are dealing with injustice. Pray for those that, that there's something wrong when you go home and your house ain't saved and you don't care because the only concern is that you make it to heaven. That's not Christ-like. Church are emptying out because humanity is sick of what the church is regurgitating. And they're not after what the mission is. They're not reflecting what he is. Are y'all here? So what was his method? Because I want to know the method. I want to know what did Jesus do to get this done? Because I'm I'm finished shift everything in my power to make sure that there is a movement towards the method that he used to accomplish why he took off the diadem in the first place. Why, why we got Christmas in the first place? We got Christmas and the birth of baby Jesus because of these three things. Amen. Not because nothing else. So why did he have to live 33 and a half years? What was his methodology? What did he see is the best practice possible to make sure that he was able to serve, to give his life, to seek and save the lost. There are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They tell the same story, but they tell it from four different perspectives. It's four people looking at the same story. Are you here? Matthew's perspective is, I'm a Jewish author. I'm writing to a Jewish audience, and I'm telling them about a Jewish man. Mark's perspective is, I want to let them know about a powerful Savior, and there's nobody else like you. John is saying, I see your story, but in this story, I see the importance of talking about the Son of God. Are you still with me? Luke says, I see the same story. But I want to tell you this story from the perspective of Jesus being the Son of Man. Luke is where we're going to spend some time for the next year. Looking at Jesus through the lens of him being the Son of Man. Why is this important? Because we begin to see his humanity. We begin to see his emotions and his heart to be able to reach people. It's where we begin to see this being lived out. 
It's in the book of Luke that we will see what his method is. His method won't be found in Mark because Mark is about the death, the crucifixion, the burial, and the rising again of Jesus. But in this book of Luke, we slow down to look at his humanity and his method of dealing with people. Are you still with me? So go in your Bible now to Luke, the seventh chapter and the 34th verse. And it is a scripture that has messed up my life. Luke 7 and 34, for the sake of time, says, The Son of Man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. What I want to talk to you about today for the next few moments, because I've laid the foundation and I'll finish it on next week, is this. Jesus came eating and drinking. The correct picture of Jesus in the book of Luke is him being an Uber driver. Okay. Dropping off a meal. The correct view of Jesus in the book of Luke, the one who is the son of man, is a person who was always revolving around food. Look, when you go back to read it, and I hope you do this week, I hope it piques your curiosity. In the book of Luke, you will always see Jesus was either going to a meal, returning from a meal, sitting down and telling a story at a meal, or his stories were about eating and dying. The whole book of Luke is littered full of Jesus being a connoisseur. Are you here? And the lights in my spirit went off like ding, 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 ding. Because if you know me, you know I'm a food connoisseur. My children mispronounce it and say food consumer. I'm a food connoisseur. I love eating good food. I love the, the complexities of different dishes. I love the journeys that it takes you on. I love the reminders that food brings to you that nothing else can. I, I love the power that food has because it's something that all of us have to do at least three times a day. Are you here? Our lives are wrapped around meals. And Jesus understood that perfectly clearly. Amen. Jesus at lunch would always discuss theology. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to show you over the next week and then as we come back to it in the new year, one of the greatest things that you can do to serve somebody One of the greatest things that you can do to give your life and service to somebody, one of the greatest things that you can do is to sit down and to have a meal with somebody. Jesus utilized the table 
He utilized lunch. He utilized breakfast. He utilized everything to talk about the kingdom and what God wanted to do concerning people. Amen. The last communion was at a table. When Jesus came back, his last discussion with Peter was at a table eating fish and honey and bread. Everything he did was over a table. It was with a meal because a meal is the most communal thing you can do. A meal is the extension and the expression of community. A meal helps to make sure that there are no walls between you. There are things that can happen at a meal that don't happen anywhere else. Why do you think that whenever the president has important policies, and it's been with every president since the beginning of time, they'll invite the foreign leader in, and they'll invite them in to have a what? Meal. A meal. They'll call it a state dinner, where they sit down and eat. Because eating helps to break down your defenses. Because you'll see, he got to eat just like I got to eat. He chews just like I got to chew. He drinks, I don't hear what I'm saying, just like he got to drink. What it doesn't help you to see that the person that you are sitting across from is a human, not a policy issue. Is a human, not a political movement. Is a human, not something to oppose. Is a human that has blood running through them just like you and has functions just like you. Jesus always used a meal. Amen. Are you all here today? He used a meal. Somebody say he used a meal. He used a meal. If you look through our scripture, you'll see it in the book of Luke. You'll see it, and I hope this begins to shift and change your view. If you want to see Jesus in sandals, cool. If you want to see him with a robe and all that stuff, cool. But at the same time, see him carrying bags of groceries. See him carrying a dinner invitation that he received. See him carrying a drink in one hand and, and maybe a, a falafel sandwich in the other hand. Are you here? Because Jesus came not with a sword and a spear. Jesus came not with affliction and oppression. The Bible said Jesus came eating and drinking. The Bible says that Jesus came eating and drinking so much. He came eating and drinking so much that the, 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 the Pharisees who didn't like him said, look at Jesus coming. He ain't nothing but a glutton and a wine bibber. Basically, they were saying, look at Jesus, this fat overeater who was always drunk. That was their view of Jesus because every time they saw him, he was eating with somebody. Are y'all here? Now, why would this bother the Pharisees so much? What's the problem with eating? Because all the trouble that Jesus got into was over meals. There, there are writers who have actually said Jesus got crucified because of who he ate with. Are y'all here? Because the issue wasn't about him coming to be their king. The issue was who he sat down with at a table. Mm -hmm. 
He said, I'm interested in people, not just people you like, but all people. Are you here? And, and the way to get to people is you got to go to where they are. I mean, look, 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 look. This church right now is not full. But the way we get in full is not by hoping. It, it's not by wishing. It's not by pleading to God in prayer. It is by going to prayer and after prayer going to do something. And the thing that we have to go do is be willing to have a meal with somebody that don't look like you. Y'all got quiet in here. That, that, that may not agree with you. That, that, that may not have the same views as you. That you got to be willing to be Christ-like and sit down and have a meal with somebody. That, that it's so controversial that people that are safe with church being the way it is will start to look at you crooked because of who you sat down with. Are you here? This, this, this message so impacted me that I did something last night I, I, haven't, I don't recall doing it in a very long time. I, I got an invite from a friend to go out to a bar and to be able to hang with some other people. And I was like, normally I would say no. It's a Saturday night. I got to preach. I wasn't feeling well all week. But what I kept hearing ringing in my ear was Jesus came eating and drinking. I said, well, okay, I'm going to go, but I need some safety with me. So I said, my, I said baby, you got to go with me. Some of my wife with me, and we went to a place, and it was a bar. It was, it was, a, it was a huge bar, and they had these, these tables, these very long tables. And I was like, my God, drunk people understand communion. <laughs> the world understands community. They didn't have individual small tables. They was like, if you want to be with us, you got to be willing to be at tables where there are other people that you may not know. I went to that place, and there was music all around me. And it wasn't Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> are are y'all here? There was dancing around me. There were people that needed more clothes on around me. <laughs> are you here? There were drinks everywhere. But there were more people in that bar at one time, at one place, that I've seen in this church in the entire year. Oh, wow. And we'll be the same people to say, we can't go there. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't be talking to people. You know what happened as a result of me being there? There, there were people that came to that table that I didn't know. But we got to talking. Found out we had commonalities. They were drinking their drink and I was drinking my water. I could sit down at the same table and converse with you and not have to do what you do, but be able to come to where you are. Because how are you going to come to where I am if I ain't willing to come to where you are? Stop being so self-righteous. Get to a place of saying, I, I got to be like Jesus. I got to come to seek and save that which is lost. Me coming to church ain't about the loss. Y'all got quiet. They went out to this place and we were there. Had a blast. Are you here? 
I tell people, I'm, I'm pastor, so you got to be careful what you say around me. Talk your talk, do what you do. Because when you get done doing it, I'm going to do mine. Right, right. Cussing don't bother me, I remember that. And every now and then, you know. Come on. Peter was saved and cussed a child. Yes. We got to stop being so self righteous. So self-righteous, our churches are empty. Don't nobody want to come here about your God. Because they see you act one way today. And they see the real you through the rest of the week. You got to be willing to be where people are. Where are people? You got to be willing to engage them. You got to be willing to do what Jesus did, which was to sit and eat with them. I, I was so nervous, D. Then when people were taking pictures, I was like, oh, no, 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 don't, don't take pictures. I don't want to be captured. <laughs> and then this message was ringing in my ear. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Jesus was captured? Capture me. <laughs> I started posing. <laughs> All right, sir. Show you what. Do you see your pastor? Yeah, he was in a bar trying to talk to people about y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Oh, your, your pastor was acting constantly. Yeah, he was. He was down there moving with the rest of them. But when they get down moving, let me tell you about a Jesus that is the hope for humanity that will pick you up when you feel like you want to go to the club. Who came to save us sin sick. Because I'm being Christ-like. Yeah, yeah. Come on, sir. Yes. Oh, my God. Come on, sir. Jesus. This, this deepness, I, I can't go there. I can't be touched by that. I can't. Now, if you've got an alcohol problem, I get it. Stay out the bar. Or take somebody with you who's going to knock you in the head if you order something wrong. But if that ain't your issue, go. Y'all got quiet. Come on, you tell the truth. If you're a homemonger, don't go to the club. Right. Oh, I, if, I, if that's your issue, don't go. You can't go help somebody you still being helped from. Right, right, right. But find somewhere else you can go to. Amen. Are you here? Amen. Uh, I, I'm running out of time. Can y'all give me three more minutes? Come on, sir. Come on, sir. Because I, I'm telling you, watch in 2020. This, watch, watch the verbiage that I speak and say. Watch what's getting ready to happen. Things are finna shift in this church. Yes, amen. Y'all got quiet in here. I came to be selfless and to serve and to give my life, which means it's gonna cost me the things that I might sometimes wanna do. We, we, we find reasons to erase every excuse when it comes to the thing that helps to placate our emotions and our positions. But we pull up every excuse when it comes to time to lending our hand to serve humanity and work in mission. Are you here? We say things like, we, yeah, that's too dirty. 
Y'all quiet. I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to go deal with homeless people. I don't want to go deal with those in sex trafficking. I, I don't want to get caught up in all of that. I, I don't want to deal with maybe uh, adopting somebody or being a foster parent because my home is just is, is good the way it is. I, I don't want to get wrapped up in these social issues. I, I want my thing to just, listen, you are not being Christ-like. That's hard to hear, I know. But let me show you, last scripture, last scripture. Go to Luke 5, 29, and I'm done. Last scripture, I'm gonna just touch it and run. Luke 5, 29. Uh, 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 Pastor Roder, pass my Bible. Luke 5, 29 and, and, and 32. And I don't have time to talk about all of this today, but there's just this one image you gotta see. And then, and then I'll be done for today. For today, but I ain't getting off of this. This is in my spirit. It's in the DNA of this church, and I didn't even know it. I'm going to show you that in a second, too. Luke 5, 29. You got it? Amen. Then Levi. Levi's a tax collector. Tax collector. Mm -hmm. If you can't pronounce Levi, call him Big A. <laughs> now, are you here? Put this in the context of where you are. He was a tax collector. Tax collectors were seen as the dirtiest people. They were the mafia. They were the gangsters. They were the crips. They were the bloods. They, are are y'all here? Yeah. So see Big L wearing his red bandana. See Big L repping the crips and the bloods. See Big L as being the worst of the worst. <laughs> and where do we find Jesus? Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. Levi threw a party for Jesus. Why? Because a few scriptures above it, Jesus invited him to eat. What turned the heart of a gangster wasn't a church service. Wow. What turned the heart of a gangster wasn't an invite to four walls. What turned the heart of a gangster was a savior willing to come to him. And it so changed him, he said, because you invited me to eat and I'm so changed by this encounter, I'm going to throw a party for all of my other gangsters so they can meet you. Wow. And none of this was in a church. Wow. Are y'all here? Don't, don't tell me going out to eat with people ain't important. Sitting down at tables with people ain't important. Don't tell me that, that, that well, I, please, please stop. Because I'm going to show you a whole book that was written to disprove your discomfort. Mm -hmm. Keep reading. I'm almost done. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. He didn't just bring other gangsters like him. Gangsters have other unseedy friends. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Y'all, I don't have time. But, there's, but the scribes and the Pharisees, church people, were outside because they didn't want to come in the room. Murmured, complaining about Jesus being in the room with unsafe folk or unclean folk. Mm -hmm. Are y'all here? Amen. Let's keep going. And then they said, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Again, we see the image of Jesus eating and drinking. Mm -hmm. why, you, why you eat with them gangsters? Why you eat with them prostitutes? Why you eat with them hoes? Mm. Y'all got quiet. Why you eat with people who made mistakes? Why you eat with people who ain't perfect? Why, 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 why do you go to places that are dangerous? Are, are y'all here? Listen to what Jesus said. He said this to them. 
Though, I hope y'all didn't get offended by that word. If y'all did, I apologize. Those who are well do not need a physician, mm -hmm. but those who are sick do not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In other words, he says this. So let me see if I can understand you, church people, church folk, not, not believers, church folk. I told you before there was a difference. Are y'all still with me? Mm -hmm. So let me talk to the church folk. He says, so you want me to put on the white coat to identify that I'm a doctor. You want me to put on the stethoscope that can help me hear the heart and the condition of the patient, but you don't want me to get dirty by touching the patient. Wow. How then can a doctor help those that are sick? You put together rules within your society and laws that ostracize us from other people, but all you're really doing it is to create walls so that you don't have to go beyond your comfort. I didn't come for your comfort. I came for those that are outside your walls that are dying. That all they need is an invitation from you to go get something to eat. That dinner last night changed my life, and I'm done. It changed my life because it helped to, again, reinforce what the Lord had been talking to me about. It helped to reinforce what he had been saying. At that dinner, at that time, I sat down with people I would have never met at any other place. We exchanged phone numbers that I wouldn't have got at any other place. Did I, did I give a message about Jesus Christ? No. But my life was shining. People reached out to me and said, hey, let me get your number. You want to know why they did that? Because my life was shining. Right. They're not reaching out to get my number just, just for whatever. They're doing it because they know there may be something he can say that can help me. And he's willing to come here. Are, are y'all here? Mm -hmm. You, you got to begin to say, and, and I'm done. I, I've said that. I've said that for the last 45 minutes. I'm done now, really. You got to begin to say, Father, what, what people have I ostracized or, 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 or said no to or were not willing to go with because I was uncomfortable with the environment, because I didn't want to step outside of my comfort, because I wasn't willing to, to, to touch what other people said is wrong. Father, forgive me because your heart is for people. Amen. 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 Let's pray. God, I thank you for this word. Thank you for the depth of it. Thank you for your heart behind it and with it. I thank you that because of this word, God, today, we will never be the same individually and collectively as a church. I thank you, God, for the newness. I thank you, God, for the renewed joy, the renewed strength. I thank you, God, for now us beginning to understand the method that you use. We don't have to have a lot of money. We don't have to have great schemes. We don't have to have all these different polls and pollings and, 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 and mechanisms. We don't have to have all of that. All we have to do is be hungry enough to have a meal with somebody. Amen. And God, you'll use that to change the world. Father, thank you that this will be in our heart and we'll begin to do it this week. 
We'll invite somebody to coffee. We'll have somebody go to breakfast with us. We'll invite somebody to come over to dinner that may be by themselves. And not always to preach the gospel, but to share a meal and be alive and be available for prayer and be available to answer questions that people are perplexed with life concerning. Thank you, God, that we don't have all the answers, but at least today we have your heart and your method. And it's something that all of us can do from children to the oldest person because we can all share a meal. Thank you, God, for those who are now hearing this word and who are deciding to give their life to you. I thank you whether they are here in this sanctuary or whether they're hearing us across the world via social media, that God, right now, you're coming into their life because you don't make salvation difficult. You are just looking for a heart that is open to you, that is saying, save me, Jesus. I'm sorry, Jesus. Lord, be the Savior of my life. Come in my heart and take me over. And God, from that cry, you do a miracle. So we thank you for those in this place that are being saved now and being reclaimed now. And thank you for those across the world, wherever you would take this word to meet them. God, we repent for being self-righteous. We repent for having an air of superiority. We repent for having an air of being clean and not wanting to touch dirty. We repent for being up on a pedestal and not wanting to come down. We repent for being everything that you do not like. And thank you, God, that moving forward, we will be what you are. And we'll use your method to love others to the same place. Not through affliction, not through condemning, not through accusing, but through loving them to a meal. I give you praise for this, God. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, let all glad hearts shout hallelujah. Hallelujah! Come on, if you will bless my day word today, put your hands together. And give our great God a great praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.